Welcome to the Cherokee County Football Blitz, hosted by Will Cooper and Arthur Mosley. Guys, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I am your host, Will Cooper, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Arthur Mosley. Art, how we doing, buddy? Will, I can't be doing any better, and let me tell you why. We're out of the grizzly den. It's true. Right? The result was not quite what we wanted. Well, let's be honest. It was not what we wanted for our Cherokee County football team, but we were treated to a great game. Mm -hmm. But, man, walking through the Grizzly Den, seeing it packed on Friday night, and being able to talk to some of the listeners that were just so gracious uh, to having us. And then uh, Dr. Pruitt, Mm -hmm. uh, um, Miss Gant, uh, Mr. Mello. Man, they treated us like we're family over there. And... I, I just, a big shout out to Grizzly Nation. I know I give you guys a hard time. Uh, specifically, I want to shout out Miss Durham, Mr. Rhodes, and Mr. and Mrs. Williams, Coach Williams' parents, who were super nice uh, and, and always listen. So I just want to give them a shout out. This is, this is nothing against our other, our other fan base. I, I mean, we went to Cherokee, got a lot of love from those guys. Yeah. Went to Etowah, got a lot of love from them. Creekview got a lot of love. Man, I'm, I'm just feeling... Feeling the love. It's like walking home and, you know, and everybody, you know, I don't want to say falling in line because I'm going to get in trouble for saying <laughs> that if my wife listens to this. Right. But, <laughs> but everybody is is enjoying what we're doing and we're enjoying what we're doing. And it was just, man, I, I just appreciate that. So I'm glad that people are responsive to this podcast. Will. Yeah, I am too. And, and, you know, we said it last week is that we, we could be sitting here talking to ourselves and we don't need microphones <laughs> to do that. We do that all the time right. anyway. Uh, but yes, we are so thankful for everybody who, who is supportive of the show. We thank you all for listening, subscribing, liking it, all of that stuff. It helps us out a tremendous amount, just keeping us on track and what we do. And I think really, like you just said, Art, the most touching thing out of all of it is when we get the opportunity to sit with people or, you know, even walking to the stands and people just stop us and speak to us. And like we said last week, if you see us out, please speak to us. We love it. We don't, we're not too busy to do anything. If we are, we will come back and speak to you in a minute. Um, but it's been a total honor to do this and really glad that people are enjoying it. Hopefully we can continue the streak of people enjoying it, even if we do have some takes that may upset people along the way. Well, and Will, you have shown a propensity to have some kind of oddball takes. Yeah, uh, you know, this I, will continue this well, week. And, and you're not alone because I have also shown a propensity to do some off-the-cuff things with my picks. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you have. <laughs> well, let's tell you what you have to look forward to in this show. Uh, coming up, we'll be going over all of the Cherokee County games from last week. So that was five. We'll go over all of those, and we'll also be previewing our game of the week this week, which is the Cherokee Warriors as they host the Sequoia Chiefs. And we will, of course, be previewing all the other county games going on around the area as well. And we did want to make a special note, a shout-out to our Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram player of the game in Isaac Hubert, who had two rushing touchdowns and multiple tackles for loss in his uh kind of like his debut of running back in 2022. I know he had a handful of carries before that, but really uh, took the load there. So we'll see what the Grizzlies do moving forward. But congratulations to Isaac. Yeah, and I think his official stats, well, I think he actually did go over 100 yards on Friday night. So big, okay. you know, big night. And he was a big part of why Creekview was in that game late. Not the only reason. It was a team effort. Yeah. Uh, but uh, congratulations again to, to Isaac. And uh, what a, a great young man representing that community over there. Absolutely. Well, let's hit our first break. And when we come back, we will be talking about the Creekview Grizzlies and their last game against Calhoun and their matchup coming up this week against the North Forsyth Raiders. Give us just a minute and we'll be back. 
Feed all the hungry people in your life at Culver's of Hickory Flat. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Hickory Flat is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Hickory Flat, 6778 Hickory Flat Highway. The number one magazine to read is Enjoy Cherokee. This beautiful, full-color, seasonal publication keeps you in the know with articles about interesting people, fun events, hot restaurants, and cool ideas. Enjoy Cherokee is for busy people who enjoy a lifestyle magazine worth reading and keeping. You'll find Enjoy Cherokee available at most high-traffic locations and mailed free to homes throughout Cherokee County. Join the thousands who don't miss a single issue. Follow us on Facebook and find issues on enjoycherokee.com. Ask for a free publication and enjoy. Welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Thank you all for joining us here today. We appreciate it so much. Want to move on to the Creekview Grizzlies now as they fell to Calhoun last week in our Cherokee County Game of the Week, a 26-21 loss for Creekview. Uh, the reason I put the score that way is because the home team goes last, for anybody who's wondering. Uh, but also in there, we did want to point out the uh, Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Brand player of the game. We just mentioned it was Isaac. Got the final totals for him. 23 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns offensively. And he played most of the snaps defensively. I don't have that stat available, but, I mean, he played probably 75 to 80% of the defensive snaps. So I know he was tired on Saturday and Sunday, but hopefully he'll be well-rested. Uh, but with all that being said, you know, Creekview, we've talked about, we needed to see improvement week over week. So they started out with the 0-28 to loss to Cambridge, turned around 6-10 to loss versus Hillgrove. This 26-21 to loss looks a whole lot better when you consider the fact of where it came from in a Calhoun team that is ranked in the top 10 in 5A and has competed for state titles year in and year out. So for me, I liked what I saw from Creekview. I think they made a lot of strides, and I think there's a chance they could put it all together coming up this week. Yeah, it was a very impressive outing. It, it, it reminiscent of the scrimmage we saw mm-hmm. them coming out and really uh, taking. You know, there was that game was like punch counter punch, punch counter punch, and it was a very entertaining game to watch in the first half. Uh, Creekview, you know, going with an onside kick early on. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a, a great back and forth affair. And like you said, the improvement we saw from Creekview's offense, we we kind of knew what Creekview's defense was going to be. Uh, they were able to get some pressure on the Calhoun co- uh, quarterback, but, man, he was able to, to roll out and get that ball out quick and had a couple of great receivers. And, and again, I know this is not the Calhoun football podcast, but I was extremely impressed with Amari Winston uh, and, his, and, and just being a sophomore, that, that young man. Uh, but but Creekview's defense, uh, again, allowing, in my opinion, the stop that they had to have was holding Calhoun to a field goal late in the fourth quarter, and they yep. did. Um, we saw goal line stance out of them, and it just uh, they just kind of bowed up and played. Very impressed with that. And then the offense, we saw some things that we really liked. Now, we know that, and Coach Ryan knows, you know, they're going to have to, at some point, mix some things up right there on that that offense. And and otherwise, everybody's going to put uh, eleven men in the box and yeah. say, "Yeah, we're going to stop Isaac." But we did see some some uh, creativity out of that offense in the first half and, 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 and struck for big games and gains, excuse me. And uh, let's see if they can grow it this week. It's, it's the last test before region play 
gosh, can we, can we, can you believe we're saying that, Will? I know. It's, it's kind of crazy going into week four to think that we're a third of the way through the regular season at this point. I know last week we talked about it being a quarter of the way through. Well, now we're a third. So, you know, do the math. Right. We're getting on right. in there. But, you know, I, th- I think this part, uh, you know, we said it going into the podcast. Week three is where you learn about your teams and where you, you can start to figure out where they fall in the pecking order. And I think we learned a lot about Creepview. I still think that they're a different Creepview team from when they were 0 1 to 0 3 now. And, uh, you know, looking ahead to this week, they're going to play North for who comes in two and one they had a loss in the corky kale to north atlanta a team that we'll talk about interestingly enough coming up in just a little bit that was a 27 to 31 loss to north atlanta turnaround had a 35 to 7 win over forsyth central maybe not as impressive as it was when it first happened given what we know about forsyth central now we'll go over that in just a minute as well but then last week a 28 to 24 victory over west forsyth that was a very interesting game and and north forsyth really I think made a statement within Forsyth County for sure, but also even kind of outside as well that says they're a pretty legit team. Uh, so, you know, going into this one, I, I like Creekview. They're obviously going to be back at the Grizzly Den. So I think that helps Creekview. We saw how good Creekview played when they were at home. And I think that makes a huge difference for Creekview. Uh, moving into this week, I'm kind of up in the air on this one. We'll, we'll go over our predictions on the uh, Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show on Friday night. Um, but this game to me is kind of a toss-up. I, I really don't know which way to lean. I think North Forsyth is another quality opponent that Creekview will face. But also at the same time, if Creekview comes out and wins this game, I think they're on track, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in the region uh, as they will open up against Alatoona, who is also 0-3 and also took another uh, 5A team uh, in the same region. What region is that again? Seven? Region 7-5A. Yeah, 7 uh, in Cartersville, who they were up over Cartersville 20 to nothing and then f- found a way to lose the game 28 to 20. So two teams that are kind of very similar in what they're doing right now, two traditional powers, if I can say that. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. I, I think at this point, Creekview's just got to continue to grow, even if it's not a win. Got to continue to grow offensively, and, and I would like to see the defense stiffen up just a little bit. Well, the defensive backs are going to be tested this week. Uh, North Forsyth Raiders <clears throat> coming over from coming to the Grizzly Dan. Quarterback Wes Roberts has thrown for 700 yards and seven touchdowns in those three games uh, this season. His main target is a young man by the name of Logan Curry, a wide receiver. He'll also double as a safety. And so Curry, leading receiver, uh, 17 receptions for 298 yards. Um, and then they're running back, not an extremely, you know, potent team on the ground, but Carson McBrayer is certainly serviceable, uh, young sophomore running back for them. So, again, they're averaging, uh, I believe, 144 yards per game through the air and 90 yards per game on the ground. So they tilt a little bit more uh, to that pass. So it'll mm-hmm. be imperative for Creepy to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. One thing on the opposite side of the ball that I learned this week, we've got two Air Force commits in this game, Will. We've got Isaac Hubert, yep. as we know, from Creekview. However, North Forsyth has a linebacker. Colin Miller also goes at 6'2", 230. Wow. Isaac Hubert, 6'2", 230, or 6'3", 230, excuse me. So, ought to be an interesting matchup, these two. And, and I've seen them line Miller up also uh, at running back in a couple of goal line situations. So, it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, a fun one, uh, to, it, in my opinion. You got a team that likes to throw the ball a little bit, around a little bit. Robert Kraft, he's in his seventh season over there at North Forsyth, thirty-three and thirty-three record, man. So he's he he's got an experienced coaching staff over there as well. So should be a fun one. They're averaging thirty points a game. Will yeah. some of that might be a little bit skewed because of some of that competition? But the win against West Forsyth was an eye opener for me to say, hey, this is not. 
a, a pushover uh, a team at all. They're giving up 20.6 points a game, and that's the number we talked about. If Creek Youth can get, can get to that 21 point point margin, point line, yep. will their defense be able to hold? And that, 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 this might be one where it comes into play. Like you said, we've seen improvement week by week over Creek View, so I don't expect a fantastic game over at the Grizzlies Den. Where are the Grizzlies in your power rankings this week? Yeah, they've dropped a spot. Uh, even though they had an impressive outing, they dropped a spot. from. They, I had them holding at number three. Um, but due to some things that happened uh, in the county last week, they're at number four this week. So my power rankings from here on out will be 100% mathematical based. So anybody who does not like the rankings can take it up with the math. Uh, Creek Butte number five. They are continuing to be at number five. Um, I, I agree with you. I thought the game against Calhoun was impressive. Um, their strength of schedule was certainly bu- bumped by that. Um, but at this point, the computers still do not find Creek Butte to be uh, that impressive of a team. Well, if you keep on putting Creekview at number five, then Dr. Prude is going to have us outside the stadium next time we go yeah, over there. Yeah, I know. I know. But I have to do what I have to do, and I have to stick to my guns. <laughs> and the, the ratings have not let me down in the past. So, um, you know, it's been very, very well done on the, on the mathematical side of that. So I'm going to stick with it. All right, Art, it's time for trivia. Okay. So we will ask you to avert your eyes All from right. the screen. And here we go. Creekview will face North Forsyth for the first time in program history. What is their record versus other Forsyth County teams? They've played a total of eight games. And they have not played Denmark. Five and three. You are correct. They are three and one against Forsyth Central and one and one against South and West. Did you study for that one or did I you did just guess? I did not study. That, okay. was a, that was a guess. And you, you helped me out with the hint there. Okay. Well, good deal. There you go. That is the first correct trivia question straight up of the week. You got one right last week as well, so that was impressive. <laughs> one both for cre- one. Can both we stop? preview questions. Yeah, well, I mean, they're in my backyard. That is true. That's fair enough. All right, well, let's hit another break. When we come out on the other end, we'll be talking about the Etowah Eagles and their first 3-0 start in quite a while. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With more than 35 years of courtroom experience, the attorneys at the Heller Law Firm are known as the go-to team for important legal issues in Northwest Georgia. If you or a loved one needs help with a criminal charge, overwhelming debt, divorce, or moving forward after a serious accident, call the Heller Law Firm today at 770-345-1130 for a free confidential consultation. And as always, play hard and have fun. At Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Canton, we thank you for the privilege of selling cars and trucks in North Georgia. And that's why we make it our mission to give back to our community. I'm David Booth, General Manager, and during the past few years, we've raised over a million dollars for the Cherokee County School System through our Wrangler Raffle, plus sponsoring a special award for our Teacher and Coach of the Year. Yes, we want to sell you a vehicle, but when you do buy from us, know that we're giving back to our community. Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Liberty Boulevard at I-5. 75 Canton. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Thank you all for being with us here on this Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome in. Uh, we are going to talk about the Etowah Eagles now who are three and oh, you heard that right. So I think if we went back to the preseason show and one of us had said on our panel of experts that we would be looking at a Etowah team that is three and oh, they would have been laughed out of the room. But here they sit, 3-0, with a win against Forsyth Central last week, a 14-35 victory. And uh, I think the biggest story of that, of that game, and really has been their season, is Xavier Mahoney. You know, 228 total or rush yards, about 100 passing, and then four touchdowns for the young man. He's really driving that offense right now. And, you know, we talked about Reese Weir to begin the season with the Buffalo, and he's still an integral part of that as well. 
But when you talk about this offense right now, it's a collective unit. The receivers are doing their their really good work. The you know running backs with Joe Hercaccio and Reese Weir are doing great work. And then Mahoney has really come in and solidified himself as the offensive driver for this offense. And the offensive line is the other thing, too. You know, we saw Tate Nelms go down with an injury in the Cherokee game. Not sure of his status moving forward, but we know he didn't play last week. So they're doing all this without arguably one of the top five offensive linemen in, in the county, if not higher than that. So for me, Etowah, extremely impressive. They continue to impress. Um, I'll turn it over to you. I, I just am blown away with Etowah so far, and especially their offense. Yeah, Will, I was one of those people that would have laughed you out of the room had you said Etowah been 3-0. and And I'm going to go ahead right now and say I stand corrected. I want to tell all of, our, all of our listeners, if you're a fan of high school football, you've got to go out on Twitter or wherever you can find and just Google Xavier Mahoney and, yeah. and Google his highlights from Friday night's game and – and, you know, we were having a conversation with Dave Garner, you and I, and Dave was like, oh, my gosh, have you seen this kid's highlight? And it was like, Dave, he put about four or five folks on skates. And those were just the plays we saw because right. we, were not, uh, we were not at Eagle Mountain on Friday night. So, man, I, I am extremely impressed with that turnaround. And these young – I'm going to just call them the young eagles. I mean, these young guns they have, they just don't – no, and they, 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 they took that history of the last two years and they said, that's not us this year. And man, they're three and they're off to a lightning fast start. And they've been able to score the, the, this week, looked like they were able to score some points early, which is one thing that we had talked about. Yep. Can Etowah put two halves together? You know, they win a game big 35, 14 over a team that's had their number the last two times out. And it's not just Mahoney. I think a lot of that goes to that offensive line. You talked about the depth they have. Not having Nelms last week is huge. Um, and, and, and then everybody else playing their part. Weir, Cacho, uh, their receivers, Pasquera is, is one that uh, that uh, stands out to me. And then the defense being being good enough to, to keep them in ball games and, and really turn it on when they have to. Yeah, and, and, you know, as we talked about, we'll get into the power rankings in just a minute, but when you talk about where they line up according to a mathematical standpoint, they are overperforming. 4.5 points over the mark offensively and 4.5 points over the mark defensively. So they're collectively nine points better than what the average is right now. And when you talk about that with this Etowah team, I mean, they're facing some pretty decent opponents now, maybe not in the win-loss so far, but when you talk about a team like Laster that had that Division One quarterback, and then Cherokee, you know, I know Cherokee's 1-2 and two right now, but that win against Woodstock last week looks really good for the Warriors. And once again, that loss that Cherokee had to Etowah is as evenly matched of a game as you will see in high school football. I mean, it really came down to the fact that Chandley had an injury is why that game didn't even go into a third overtime because it could have gone even further than that. Uh, but, you know, you turn the page and look at this week. They're going to be facing a Centennial team that comes in one and one. And I think Centennial is going to be hard to get a mark on. They have a win against Wheeler that was 21 to 14 and then a loss against Roswell that's 14 to 35. And, and really a 21 point loss to Roswell ain't bad. So, you know, you, you turn it over this week. Centennial has talent. You know, Daniel Calhoun's still there. I think we've been calling his name for 10 years at this point. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I know he's going to anchor that offensive line. So, for me, Etowah, continue doing what you're doing. They're going to go to Centennial. That game's on the road for Etowah. Hopefully they can continue that. And, you know, if they get in 4-0 and when they open up the region schedule against Sequoia this next week, um, I'm, I'm already impressed with Etowah, but I might even be more impressed at that point. Yeah, Centennial, they've got some guys who have been around for a while. You, you talked about Mr. Calhoun, one of the top offensive linemen in the state at 6'6", 330. We've done Centennial games, so this is a familiar opponent for us to call uh, a couple of years ago. 
guys like Tyler Lascaris at quarterback. Carter Witt played some quarterback. Nathan Webster also played some quarterback. He's leading them in rushing. So these are some guys that we're familiar with and some guys that have some varsity game experience that are now – they were freshmen and sophomores back when we saw them. Now they're juniors and seniors. So this is a, an experienced team. As you mentioned, 35-14 loss to Roswell. Well, that's a pretty good ball club over there. And then you get a win over Wheeler, who is a 7-8 team. Yep. Uh, and Centennial is a 5-8 team. So, hey, that's a good quality win for – the Centennial Knights, I just don't know if they have enough offensive firepower, Will. Right now, Centennial averaging about 17.5 points a game. If you would have said if they were playing Etowah last year, I said that might be enough to get them a W. Uh, but this season, I, I think they're struggling a little bit to put points on the board. And, again, only two games this season, so we don't really have a, a true feel for what Centennial does. Um, we know they're going to run it a lot with Webster, and then passing is going to kind of be up in the air. They've got a couple of – of receivers that are catching some balls, but not not a not a ton of receiving yardage. So, I, I'm interested to see if Etowah can go on the road now, and and you know we saw them do it in in week one, but can they go back on the road now and prove it against a team that you know has is has beaten us a seven a opponent? And that's I think that that should should say enough. Xavier Mahoney, I want to go back to him just one more time. Will, the young man, at least offensively, this is not counting special teams, has over 630 yards of total offense. And he's just uh, – and I believe eight TDs passing, uh, three throwing, five rushing. And I know he's got at least one on the special teams. So yep. uh, we're looking at at least nine touchdowns, super talented. And I'm, I'm excited for that program. Uh, and, and all those youngsters over there, man, it, it should be a, a great opportunity for them to further uh, make a name for themselves because I don't think anybody around the state is paying attention to Etowah. So so when the big boys at GPB or, or Peachtree TV come calling later on this season, we can go ahead and say we saw it first, right? Yeah. Remember where you heard it first <laughs> <laughs> when, when you get to that point. And, and I do want to point out, too, you know, you made a great point there. I, you know, it, it kind of – and I don't want to make comparisons. We're three games into the season. So much can change. But doesn't it feel like this is 2019 Cherokee? Doesn't it feel like that when you look at the running back stable, when you look at the quarterback play, when you look at the receivers on the outside, when you look at the offensive line, you know, that 2019 Cherokee team was sophomore heavy. That's what it was. Yeah. Sophomore A.J. Swan, sophomore Keith Adams Jr., sophomore Darius Harshaw, and they ran that show. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, I know uh, Reese Weir is a junior, and I know that Xavier Mahoney is a sophomore. But then you talk about that, that you know, outside of Dylan Catton, who's a senior. You know, the rest of those guys are sophomores right now, and the offensive line is deep. I think that's the other point. Tate Nelms, you know, we don't know if we'll see him again, but he's a junior, so we're going to at least see him next year. You know, I, I just think for me, and, you know, Camden McQuaid and, and those guys on the other side too, I don't want to discredit them, but I know they're seniors as well. But when you talk about the the depth that I think, uh, excuse me, that Etowah has shown, it's really quite impressive, and I think that's what's going to continue to shine through for me. Um, so I like where Etowah's at, not only this season. I, you know, Maybe they fall short of, of expectations moving forward, but I think they've done enough here in these first three games. The narrative on Etowah has changed because for the last two years, and two years in, in high school football seems like an eternity. Sure. But when you talk about that, you know, 3-0 and now, if you had told them last year that they would be 3-0 and to start the season, I don't know that anybody in Etowah would have believed you, uh, much less anybody on the outside looking in. So good for, the, good for the Eagles, excited about that for them. Um, and for that reason, mathematically speaking, Etowah number one in my power ranking again. Will, are you a math major? Did you major in math at MIT, no. Georgia Tech? No. North Carolina State? No. 
North Carolina Harvey State. Harvey Mudd. I mean, I'm I'm kind of Chattahoochee Technical College. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of curious about that math. You've got the Etowah Eagles at number one. I do. So so we talked about you. You just mentioned uh, Centennial averages what per game? Seventeen and a half. All right. So Etowah's defense right now overperforming by four point five. The math would tell you that Etowah will allow thirteen points. Okay. What is Centennial allowing per game? Twenty four and a half. All right. So with that math, you would account for Etowah to score twenty nine. And they're averaging 30.3 points a game. So when you consider that math, and it, you have to factor in what Centennial will do as well, and that's what our predictor does. Don't want to get too heavy into the mathematical side. <laughs> it factors other things in. But Etowah is overperforming by nine points, 4.5 on each side of the ball right now. So one thing that says is they're extremely balanced. And, uh, you know, I know the comparison is going to be made to Riverage, and we'll make that later, and I'll, I'll go over why they're, you know, not number one. But... When you talk about Etowah right now, they're playing complete ball. They're maybe not a defensive-minded team. You know, I know Coach Kemper said that. But for me, their their defense is overperforming right now. So we'll see if it averages out and they end up not being that way. But three games into the season, they are mathematically overperforming, and they would mathematically be a nine-point favorite over Riverage. All right. I couldn't disagree anymore. <laughs> well, I don't blame you either. <laughs> and, and the only reason I'm, I'm using the strictly mathematical-based sure. one is because – it, it does predict the games at about an 88% clip. Sure. So if it wasn't that accurate, I would I would be glad to toss it out the window. And the further we get into the season, the more it will average out where you and I will come to an agreement because whether we like to admit it or not, the math is what we see too. Absolutely. So And Absolutely. there are some things it can't see, and strength of schedule is a huge part of it too. So um, I think sometimes the strength of schedule gets underdeveloped mm-hmm. so far into it. Um, but... With all that being said, Etowah number one. So Okay, all right. I've got Etowah number two. You talked about strength of schedule. It's something I do kind of take sure. a peek at. And and, the, and my number one team, I won't reveal it yet, but my number one team, um, you know, hasn't done anything to change my mind. But I think sure. Etowah is, is, has, is a solid number two there. Their uh, opponent's record right now to this point, not including Centennial, is three and five. You throw Centennial in there coming into this game, it would be four and six. Right. Um, so that's not a bad uh, opposition, you know. Well, the other here. thing too that that my predictor does over what you just mentioned, it goes another level. So you know, you have what do they play three? And, did you say three and five is their opponent's record right, right now? Right. Okay. So one of that considers is that one of those teams is Cartersville. Of that five losses, Cherokee lost to Cartersville. Sure. So that improves their their strength of schedule because you look at what Cherokee did against Cartersville, and there's some comparison there. So it, it all factors in because you're going to get common opponents. So Alatuna played Cartersville last week, took them down to the wire 28-20. to 20. Well, when we see what Etowah does against Alatuna, you could mathematically speaking make an argument or a prediction based off of what Etowah would do against Cartersville, even though they won't play. But with all that being said, when you turn it over and look at it strictly from the math point, that's where you get the numbers from. So early on, it can be misdirected, sure, but I think it does a good job of cutting through the fuzz of just saying, well, we expect this team to do this, or we expect this team to do this as well. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't make the strength of schedule number that I use. It's, sure. it's from a third party. Sure. So that third party could also be misdirected, and it could rate very heavily. It has Sequoia as the number one strength of schedule. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but it has it five points better than anybody else in the in the uh, county right now, and I do disagree with that. I sure. don't think it's that big of a difference when you talk about Creepy playing Calhoun and Cambridge, and then you also talk about Cherokee playing Cartersville, Cartersville but yeah. also Etowah's going to turn out to be a quality opponent in there. So didn't mean to get too math-heavy there, but that's why I have it the way I have it. 
I'm ready for some trivia. Will. It's trivia time. So let's jump into this. The Etowah Eagles will, with a win, will move to four and zero. When is the last time the Eagles were four and zero? Do I get to look at my own notes? Sure. I'm not looking at your. Yep. Notes. Go ahead. I took it off the screen now. Because the Eagles are looking to get to four and zero for the first time since 2014. That is correct. <laughs> What was that special is, about 2014? Uh, that was a that was a year they made a run to the semifinals. Will the uh, furthest any team in Cherokee County has yes, ever gone in the playoffs? Yes, that was a great season for the Eagles. I'm not I'm not putting them there yet, but that's an exciting football team they have over there off of Eagle Drive, and I'm I'm looking forward to that game and seeing the results from that on Friday night. All right, well let's hit another break. When we come out on the other end, we'll talk about the River Ridge Knights and their recent victory over the Sprayberry Yellow Jackets. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I am looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click Employment at the top of the page. Become a deputy sheriff in Cherokee County today. With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care, guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I'm Will Cooper, joined alongside Arthur Mosley. And uh, we tried to avoid controversy as much as possible, but I'm afraid we're going to jump, no, right, we don't. jump right no, back into we it don't. at first. No, we don't, Will. We well, enjoy the controversy. That's why we're here. That is why we're here, I think. <laughs> no, we're here to talk about high school football. And we got a good one here that we're about to talk about, don't we, Will? I, I think so. We just talked about Etowah at length and how impressed we were with them. I think everything we said about Etowah can probably be attributed to River Ridge as well. Um, you know, River Ridge, when, when you, once again, if you had gone into this season and told us at the preseason show that River Ridge would be 3-0, and I don't think anybody would have laughed you out of the room like you would have with Etowah, but I think everybody would have gone, really? Because this is a team that, you know, over the past two years has, has had winning seasons back-to-back. Sure, absolutely. And, and last year really wasn't a bad year. It just was disappointing considering what was returning from 2020. Right. Um, but with all that being said, you move to 3-0, and and the young pieces on this team right now are firing on all cylinders. Uh, Grant Hollier at wide receiver. We're talking about Spectre, who threw for 410 yards. Oh, my gosh, 410 yards. Say that again. Just make sure you heard that right. <laughs> Doesn't even account for Camden Cox, the freshman running back who's, who's fallen into his own. And I think they have enough you know, returning talent from a few years ago, when you talk about guys like Jackson Head, you know, uh, Feletra, maybe not from a couple years ago, but from last year, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, it's enough. And then defensively, they're doing enough once again. I think this is a River Ridge team that is not defensive minded. I think they're, we talked about it last week. I think their, their game plan is if we have to outshoot anybody, we can. And they did against Sprayberry, that 45 to 42 win. Uh, but, you know, they do have guys, you know, Anderson on the defensive line. We talk about Brendan Dye in the linebacking core. We talk about MJ Ayers playing cornerback. We talk about a lot of different guys. Andrew Hand getting some, you know, shots here and there on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Uh, so, for me, I, I really like where River Ridge is at. I liked what they did against Sprayberry. I thought Sprayberry was a quality opponent coming into the game. Um, 
and you know when you turn the coin and look at North Atlanta, North Atlanta's three and zero, and we'll talk about North Atlanta in just a minute. But I want to get your take on River Ridge versus Sprayberry and, and what you thought about the final over there. Man, what an exciting game! And again, I want to give a shout out. Uh, to Lee Cannon, who was keeping us informed of the goings-on while we were at the Grizzly Den. And, and again, we, we really do appreciate the updates that folks send us, you know, either by text or, or DM. It's awesome for us to be able to, to spread that news over the county. And we really like the good news. Not that the bad news, you know, we want to hear it all, but we really like to, to highlight some of the players that are going on and, and just kind of a, a, a awesome kind of wave of emotions. You know, River Ridge gets up early, Sprayberry comes back, gets yeah. back and forth. You, know, you get a field goal. Oh, by the way, this is a team who lost their field goal kicker who transferred out. Yeah. Uh, Santi Lozano transferred to prep school, uh, but they got somebody coming in to kick a game winner. And and you you talked about, about Grant Hollier, and I'm going to give you all the credit. Uh, a game we did over there at River Ridge last season, we saw him as a freshman. I think he was wearing number 42 back then or something yes. like that. Um, he's changed jerseys, but he has not changed his ability. And again, we talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. You pair a kid like that with Jackson Head, you got two physical receivers that might be the best tandem in the county and even further out than that, Will. Yeah, I, I think they're the best receiver combo we've seen in Cherokee County. I mean, maybe you could make an argument last year with Adarius Harshaw and Caleb Richardson, but we didn't really get to see a, a healthy Adarius for most of the season, sure. so it's hard to make that comparison. Um, I'm trying to think back, way back. I, and we've had some dominant wide receivers. Sure. And you know, the one, most recent one I can think of is like Noah Frith. Was, yeah. might, might have been one of the more dominant receivers down there at Woodstock. but I don't know who he was paired with to tell you. And perhaps Etowah had a couple. Um, well, if you it, wanted to do tight ends, you could do 2018 Etowah. You'd have Trevor Fair. Um, and, oh, my gosh, trying to go way back here in the in the depths of my mind. <laughs> and it's only four years, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, five years, technically. Well, it is, but yeah. Five seasons, yeah. 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 Um, but with all that being said, I agree with you. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think they're probably the best in, in the recent c- history. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure, by far. So, yeah, that, that's impressive to me. And then, again, we're, we're not even talking about throwing in a guy like MJ Ayers who's seeing some spot duty. Uh, Daniel Fitchner catching some passes out of the backfield, him and, and Cox rotating into that running back spot, yeah. and a, a, an offensive line that seems to be gelling. You know, we saw River Ridge in their scrimmage, and it looked like they were really trying to work, figure out the kinks in that passing game. Well, it looks like they figured it out, at least last week they did. And I, I think for you and me, it's kind of hard right now because everything we're, we're talking about is based off of film and not in-person viewing mm-hmm. um, because we haven't, been to, we haven't been able to see River Ridge yet. So we've, we've actually only seen three. We'll see Sequoia this week, but a week after we will see River Ridge, and we'll get into that later. Um, but looking forward to seeing River Ridge, but what we've seen on film, I mean, just impressive, and the scores reflect that. I, I mean, sure. I think River Ridge is doing what they need to do. You know, we talked about it, Sprayberry – a very athletic team. You you asked if they'd be able to challenge that secondary, and I just flat out said no. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, they were, <laughs> but you know, once again, credit to River Ridge. It, you know, you you find a way to win. Good teams find a way to win. That's what River Ridge is doing right now. And I feel like if River Ridge ever got into a defensive slugfest, they have the personnel and the talent to do that. So I think they're going to rise to the occasion no matter what. So I really like River Ridge. You know, let's turn our attention to North Atlanta, who they will face. North Atlanta. A three and O team as well. They had that thirty-one to twenty-seven win over North Forsyth in the Corky Kell. We talked about North Forsyth on the Creekview segment. A fifty to six win over Drew. 
I'm not that familiar with Drew. I, I don't think they're very quality. And then 35 to nothing over New Manchester, kind of the same story. New Manchester to me is not not making anybody shaking their boots. Um, but coming into this week, I, you know, River Ridge also hasn't played a, a particularly too difficult schedule. I think it's more quality than North Atlanta has played. Um, but I think when you look at, you know, Hillgrove in retrospect, that 55 to 21 loss to East Coweta really kind of hurt their strength of schedule sure, a bit. Sure. And then uh, Sprayberry really wasn't, wasn't that highly touted either coming into the game. But I think the biggest difference was Pope, who ended up losing 56 to 14 to Kell, who's in 5A. Now, Kell is one of the upper echelon of 5A for sure. But that 43 to 13 victory they had over Pope, all of a sudden, mathematically and really kind of anybody on the outside looking in doesn't look as impressive just from that standpoint. We have to see what Pope is further in the season to figure out where that really lines up. With all that being said, River Ridge number two in my power rankings. Can you run that back? I'm sorry. You said River Ridge what? Number two. Uh, uh, I apologize. Any, yeah, to anybody in Night Nation, I'll be more than happy to give, you know, put Will's cell phone out on social media tomorrow. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have my do, Twitter. That's I enough. Won't, I won't do that. I won't do that. But We can give um, them my address. Uh, no, we won't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want them showing up, you know, leaving Sir Winslot out on your front porch. Correct. Because they will do that. Yeah. They will do that. Um but let's take a look at these teams. Uh, Will, both of them averaging 30, you know, North Atlanta averaging 38.6 points a game. Mm-hmm. River Ridge aver- averaging 38.3 points a game. A North Atlanta allowing 11 points a game. River Ridge allowing 23.3. Both of their opponents have, coming into this game, have combined records of two and six. You talked about Drew, who has historically not been very good. New Manchester, a team that hadn't made the playoffs the last two years, but having a rough go of it this season. So, Again, you're 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 kind of. I don't want to say North Atlanta's getting fat and happy off of off of some teams, but they are getting some victories. They're doing what they need to do. Sure. A name I want to bring up for North Atlanta. All right. Might it might escape you, Lorenza Lennon? Okay. Okay. Also known as Trey Lennon. Does that ring a bell to you? Trey Lennon. No, I don't think so. Should Trey it? Lennon was a backup quarterback for the Carver Panthers when they played oh, yeah, in the Corky okay. Kale at Cherokee in the COVID season. Yeah. And it was I had to go back and look. I was like, is this the same kid? And, and absolutely. So he transfers over from Carver to North Atlanta. And I think this is his second. I think he might have transferred after his freshman year. So he was a freshman when he saw him. Southpaw, yep. very athletic young quarterback. He's been splitting time well with another guy. That quarterback that they like to go to, Ian Reynolds. So they got they also North Atlanta also runs a two quarterback system. They really like their tight end Randolph Smith. They've got a lot of team speed over there. Demetrius Barnes is their running back. Uh, it should be an, another game where River Ridge is going to have to go up against an athletic, pretty well coached team. How will they respond? And this time they're going to have to do it on the road. Yeah, and. You know what? Now you're not surprising anybody, River Ridge. You know, great job there, uh, uh, Mr. Specter, throwing for over 400 yards, yeah. and now you've got over 650 on the season um, and, and six TDs, but now you're not shocking anybody. And so we'll see how River Ridge responds. I don't think they've done anything, in my opinion, to knock them off the top spot in the county, and that is why I have the River Ridge Knights as my number one team. I I agree with you from a from a purely subjective standpoint without any numbers. Okay. Unfortunately, the math does not agree. Okay. Well, sometimes the math can be wrong. 
It can be, and it's very early in the season. See, at some point, you know, after after River Ridge wins, and I'm mm-hmm. not telling I'm picking them, but sure. after the, you know, even if I pick North Atlanta, right? Sure. After River Ridge wins, the teacher, mm-hmm. right? Coach Collins and his guys are going to say, "You're going to have to show us that math because it's not lining up." Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I have no, I have no problem with that, and I would love to be wrong. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes down sure, to. But I, sure. I do want to explain explain how how I got to that metric. Okay. Um, I, I don't have North Atlanta handy, but I'll, I'll go over what River Ridge is is doing right now. Um, so their their offense is overperforming against other teams by a factor of six right now. Okay. So they're they're scoring six points more than teams are averaging allowing, but they've only done that in one game against Sprayberry. Against Hillgrove, their they their offense underperformed by three point five points. Okay. Against Pope, their offense underperformed by thirteen. Against Sprayberry, their offense overperformed by thirty four point five. So that really helped the average. So defensively, coming into this, against Hillgrove, their defense overperformed by 1.5. Against Pope, their defense overperformed by 1. Against Sprayberry, their defense underperformed by 21.5. Now, some of that has to do with the shootout and the way that it ended up being the game was called, and I understand all that. But when you take it into the season and you average it out, we talked about Etowah. They're overperforming by 9 points as a team. River Ridge is overperforming as a team by negative 0.3 points. They are underperforming as a team right now, according to the averages. All right. Well, sounds like some Fulton County math going on over <laughs> here, but I'm going to trust it because I saw what it had, what, how well it, it does play out later in the season. So and it could be I, wrong. Yeah. And, and again, I could be wrong. Sure. But I, like Charles Barkley said, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I agree. I agree with you as a proponent. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, you ready for some River Ridge trivia? <sighs> Yes. All right. Here we go. I mean, they've only been in a, playing football since 2011. So it, it, it has been pretty hard to get <laughs> some stats for River Ridge or some fun. So I should know, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be embarrassed by this one. You shouldn't be. River Ridge will face North Atlanta for the third time. What is the record of home teams in this matchup? Home teams are undefeated in this matchup. Home teams have not won in this matchup. Wow. 0-2. So that favors the Knights as they'll be okay. traveling to North Atlanta. Okay. I try to find positive... You know, I, I don't want to dig on teams, so, so, so I try you, to find positive. So, okay, I have things. to pay more attention to these. So it's a great question. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting tidbit. So <laughs> there you go. I'm two and one tonight, so that's, that's pretty improvement. Good. That's yeah. I'm I'm overperforming by my performance. Last that is week correct by one. Yes, if we were putting you together in a predictor, <laughs> take the under. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Always take the under, especially on this crew. All right, well, let's hit another break. We'll come out on the other end, and we'll talk about the Woodstock Wolverines and their latest games. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. At Foundation Financial Insurance and Wealth Management, we believe that your insurance protection and wealth management plan go hand in hand. We start by shopping your insurance with highly rated companies to find you the best combination of price and protection. With that plan in place, we can then work with you to develop a tailored financial plan. Whether you need to save money on insurance or you need a full financial plan, call us at 678-880-9571 or come by 250 East Main Street, Suite 104 in Canton for a no-obligation consultation today. Securities and advisory services offer Packerland Broker Services Incorporated, unaffiliated entity, member FINRA and SIPC. When you are the official sponsor of the comeback, adding a few feet to a drive matters. First down. So does shaving a tenth of a second off a lap. Top-rated surgery, physical therapy, and motion analysis by the sports medicine team at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta helps young athletes not only prevent injuries, but heal faster and return stronger, ready to win. Our more than 25 orthopedic and sports medicine locations are ready to assist your athletes' comeback. To learn more, visit choa.org slash sportsmed. 
Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Thank you all for being with us here. I'm Will Cooper, joined alongside Arthur Mosley, and we're getting ready to talk some Woodstock Wolverine football. So Woodstock last week played Cherokee at Tommy Baker. A little bit better performance from the Wolverines, a 6-34 to loss for them. Uh, I think the brightest spot for them, is, as, and it continues to be, is Isaiah Payton, the running back, sophomore. Had 11 carries, 66 yards, and the touchdown in the game. So hopefully that running game can get going a little bit better for the Wolverines moving forward. Um, but I know right now they're still searching for some answers offensively and defensively. Um, I did like what they did defensively against a Cherokee team that was as on the rise. And I sure. think Cherokee has one of the more offensive, ta- talented offensive units in the county, I should say. Um, so I, I hope Woodstock continues to grow. That's been our, our request moving forward is just continued growth. So we've seen the defense grow. Now we need to see the offense kind of come around and find a way to grow. Yeah, you know, we've seen them the last two weeks. We've seen uh, quarterback uh, Tyler Hoff step in, and he's thrown some pretty good balls. But, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to can Woodstock maintain drives? You know, they got they got a touchdown early in that game last week set up by an interception. I want to say it was Carson Gray. Yes, Carson Gray. Uh, had a, a very athletic pick of, of Tanner Savasier deep in, in uh, Cherokee territory. Kind of funny. He gets that pick, and he uh, he lets the whole Warriors sideline know about it. And, uh, you know, and again, I, I don't fault the kid for, for having that excitement. Um, and they're able to cash in. That's one of those things. And we yeah. ask that defense, hey, can you make stops? All right, can you get off the field? And then that offense, can you continue to show improvement? Hoff shown he can do it with his arm and with his legs. We'll have to see if they can really get things going. Like you mentioned, Isaiah Payton on the ground. And that's going to be the, the the difference, you know, as they move in and get toward region play, can Woodstock find some consistency and maintain drives? I don't think my co- commentary on them is going to change until we see that. And then, okay, now it's all right. They competed in a ball game. And I think that's what Coach Hoff wants to see. Hey, we were in the ball game. That's, and I, don't th- I think that's all you can ask out of your young team. And maybe fans want to see, you know, see wins, but – Again, it's a it's a process, and the old coach speak of trust the process. I get it. Nobody, no fan wants to hear the trust the process, but you do have to. You know, uh, a, a journey of a million miles starts with one step. Yeah, and it's it's you know I can give you all the coaching adages sure. you want, uh, but I was impressed that Woodstock. You know, we we're looking at scores over the over on Friday night, and we we're kind of again like we said, we're, we're kind of hitting the refresh and saying hey seven to six is this right right and yeah it was right I had a chance to go back and watch that first half and and again very impressed with with Woodstock and then again you know we talked about uh, Cherokee or, uh, or we'll talk about Cherokee excuse me um, but they were able to salt that game away turn the page now Will to Lassiter a team that's coming off a of bye week and I want to get your thoughts on on what Woodstock has to do this week well, you know, Laster comes in one and one, a win against, or excuse me, a loss against Etowah to open the season, mm-hmm. fourteen to twenty-five, and then that win against Wheeler, uh, sixteen to ten, last or two weeks ago, I should say. So one and one coming in, uh, you know, look, Woodstock's going to face a tough opponent in Laster. I think Laster is a pretty pretty darn good team coming into this game. I think the most difficult point is that they have that Division One quarterback. You know, he's committed to Georgia State right now. Um, so you know, you're going to have to manage an offensive. Um, an offensive attack that is that is worth their salt. Sure. Um, on the other end, you know, like I said just a second ago, to me it's got to be offensive. A Woodstock has to find a way to score more than a touchdown. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. I mean, there's no way that you're going to keep teams from scoring less than a touchdown every game. So they're going to have to find a way to put up, you know, I mean, just, just something more than a touchdown. We've seen them score seven 
or excuse me, six, seven, and then uh, is that it's right? Six, nine, nine and was it seven? Seven, six, nine. Okay, seven, six, nine. I'm sorry. Or seven, nine, six in, in the in, in that order. order. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just need to see them find a way to put up double digits for sure, but 14, 17, 21, can you get to that mark? Because if you can at least get to that mark, not only does it – you, you got to play complementary football. Not only does it help your your offensive progression and, and things move forward, but the defense gets a chance to sit on the bench for a minute and think about what they need to do because that defense is constantly running out there after three and out, after three and out, after you know turnover. Things are just plaguing this Woodstock offense right now. So – Get it all figured out. This is Woodstock's last game before the region schedule opens up, and they need to find a way to figure it out as soon as possible. And if they can find a way to play a competitive game against Lassiter, I really like their prospects moving forward. Woodstock's opponents are 4-4 four and four on the season. Sure. Combined record. Lassiter is sitting at 4-2. and two. Woodstock's only averaging 7.3 seven points a game. We went over that already. They're allowing 43 points. So that the numbers tell you more than all, all that you need to know. However, they got a Lasser team coming in here that's only averaging 15 points a game, so yeah. they've they've struggled a little bit to get things going. In spite of having uh, Mr. Harrison at quarterback, Bryson Harrison, he leads a team in rushing and in passing, so he's a dual threat. And this is a team who's lost a lot of their talent at receiver over the past couple of years uh, by way of graduation. So a lot of that that pressure for the Lasseter offense falls on on Bryson Harrison. Now he does have. Uh, top receiver in uh, Ricardo Jackson, who's caught nine passes for 109 yards, but only one touchdown pass on the season for Harrison. So we'll see if this is a matchup where you get Ricardo Jackson lined up against Adonis Garcia and if, if Woodstock can shut that down. But then those linebackers really have to, to take account into a quarterback who is who is going to – not afraid to pull it down and has had success in pulling that ball down and running. So – I'm interested to see the, the, the game within the game there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Woodstock continues to improve. I, I, I really believe this is a team that continues to improve. And, and it, you might get to the end of the season, and, and, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to Coach Hoff next week. He might get to the end of the season, and they're 0-10 again. But I, I, I would venture to imagine they're a lot better than that at, at week 12 than they were at week zero. And right. we've seen that over the course of three games so far. And that's kind of been our message to the to all of Cherokee County, I think, for the most part, is that we've seen teams like Creekview, like Woodstock, even like Sequoia that we'll talk about in a minute, and even some cases in Cherokee, where, you know, you just, it's not so much what you do week one, it's what you do week five, because that's when the region schedule Absolutely. opens, and, and who cares? You know, oh yeah, we lost four games to start the season. If you win the region, it just really doesn't matter all exactly, that much. Exactly. So you know, and, I, and I'm not saying Woodstock, Woodstock's you know aiming at that or, or anything like that. I I still think this is a region where you win two or three games, you're in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Especially considering where Cherokee County is right now, there's there's some some nuance in that. Sure. So I think for for Woodstock, they just got to pay attention to what they're doing. They got to continue to see growth and. You know, turn around, they might surprise us here in a couple weeks. Might surprise. One thing I want to note with, with Hoff getting a nod at, at quarterback over there, and gosh, I, I think that makes five sophomore starters. Is uh, that? Well, you got you got Peyton at running back. You've got I'm, him. I'm at, talking about just five quarterbacks around oh, the county. Oh, in the county. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if I've got that right. Is Spectre a sophomore? Guest, Savasir, Hoff, Mahoney. Inspector would be the last one. I will double check that. But just I'm- an interesting kind of tidbit. And, and the reason I bring that up, Will, and that's something I, I saw doing my research this week, is how bright is the future for for 
teams in Cherokee County. And I know that there's 11 guys on offense. It's not just a quarterback. But when you return starters with experience, when you look ahead to the next two years, it does make it a very competitive landscape uh, for Cherokee County with these young quarterbacks getting reps early on in their football career. Yeah, they do. And uh, Specter is a sophomore. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and that's what we talk about with Cherokee County football is that the talent is so young right now that imagine when these kids get into their junior, senior year and they've, they've had time to progress with these coaches. And, you know, I, I hope the coaches that we have now, I think this is maybe the best group of coaches we've had. Uh, maybe 2018 where you had Adam Carter at Creekview and, uh, you know, Savela was still at Etowah. Maybe that's kind of comparable. But I think overall this is the best six coaches that we've had in Cherokee County ever, if, if not in a long time. So when you, when you consider that, I like where the programs are headed. I like the, the youth that, that some of these teams have. I know it might bite them in some cases sure, at this point, sure. but hopefully they can grow into that. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch over the future, but uh, Woodstock going to have a big big game as they finish out their non-region schedule in their last tune-up before region play. Yeah, Woodstock at six in my power ranking. Yeah, I had them at six as well. Let's get into the trivia question. All right. right. Woodstock will face Lassiter for the 19th time in program history. What are the only two teams that Woodstock has faced more? 19th time? Yep, this is the 19th time they will face Lassiter. Okay, hang on. The only two, the two teams that come to mind are, are county teams, Cherokee and Etowah. Th that is correct. Okay, because Didn't, don't overthink it. Well, all right, because Woodstock started playing football in '97. Correct. Uh, Etowah will play their 23rd matchup against Woodstock this year, and the game that, that was last week was the 23rd matchup between the Warriors and the Wolverines. Okay, so they right. have played them both evenly. Three for three tonight. Is that you missed uh, a, a three and one? I'm three and one. Yes, correct. We got one more to go. If I was, you know, if I was playing in the major leagues, I'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, by far. I'd be looking at Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn and saying, you guys can't even touch this, yeah. right? Well, we have one more trivia question to go. We, we have combined. <laughs> now uh, I'm getting cocky. Yeah. <laughs> the Cherokee Sequoia question's hard. Okay. It's okay. hard. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back down to earth. All right. Well, give us just a minute. We're going to hit a break. When we come back on the other end, we'll talk about the Cherokee Warriors and their side of the game against the Woodstock Wolverines. Give us just a second. We'll be back. There's been so much talk about distracted driving, you're probably sick of hearing about it. Well, we'd rather you be sick of hearing about it than lose your life doing it. The caring staff with Sosby Funeral Home in Canton reminds you that we all have to go sometime, but don't rush it. Wait your turn and don't drive distracted. Keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road, and make sure you stay alert and arrive alive. Drive safely and help us protect our teens. They're the only future we've got. Brought to you by Sosby Funeral Home. Honoring life from 191 Jarvis Street in Canton. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. We're looking forward to speaking to Coach Shaw and Coach Teeter coming up in just a few short minutes. But before we get into that, we want to talk about the Cherokee win over Woodstock last week. So Cherokee finally got on the right side of the win column, including a big performance out of Tanner Savasier. 18-28, 251 yards and three touchdowns. That interception you mentioned in the last segment with Carson Gray really making one of the most athletic plays we've seen out of a defensive player all year. Uh, but I like what I saw out of uh, Cherokee, I should say, 
Um, one thing that was interesting to note is Christian Irwin was a guy that we saw in the Etowah game who got the bulk of the carries. That kind of transferred back over to Malachi Eccles, who got a lot of the carries and, and a majority of the yards on the ground for them in this game. So we'll see what happens. I know they're kind of one-two punching it right now, and I, I don't have any problem with that. I think it's it'll be interesting to see where they continue with that moving forward. Uh, but I, I like what Cherokee did. I think they're continuing to build. You know, you talk about that loss at Etowah. It would have been very easy for this team to come out flat. They did not. They came out and did what they needed to do to secure the win. And uh, they're going to play, play play a Sequoia team this week that we'll go over in just a minute who is kind of in the same boat as them where they've been searching for answers. And I think they're close to figuring it out. But for Cherokee, I like what I saw. And they're at number four in my power ranking. Yeah, it was Cherokee went out there and, and handled business and did what they had to do. And it was a, a, a close game early. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, they had to come overcome that uh, interception. But uh, Cherokee responded. And puts up twenty eight point or um, so twenty seven seven points. Excuse me, and thank you again. Playing without their field goal kicker last week, um, and and we 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 don't know the status of that right now. Um, but they come out and that maybe that changes some of the ways that they sure. ended up with that score. But thirty four six is the final. I want to go back to this defense, and I talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about them again. All right, Daniel Young, Chase Montgomery. Kyan Simmons, and who am I forgetting, Will? There's one more linebacker that. Uh, well, Andy DeBacher, DeBacher got a start. Yeah, yeah. Chase Montgomery is really probably more of that fit. Yeah. It, it, those those guys are really doing work now. And because of their defensive scheme, they're going to make a lot of the tackles, right? Correct. But they, they are really getting home. Kyan Simmons with six sacks on the season. And, again, Simmons leading the team in total tackles. Montgomery right behind him in total tackles. And that is a very impressive group. When we get a chance to talk to Coach – Shaw, I also want to talk about a young man, Wyatt Lucas, who had a coming out party. And, and this is a kid, he is a, a you know, I, I've had a chance to, to, he was around on the basketball team and he, you know, he came to me last, last fall and said, coach, I, I really need to be a football player. And, um, and he just had a coming out party and they found him a couple of times. Again, I asked coach Shaw about that when we get to the interview. So very impressed with them to be able to find different guys to plug and play. This is a team that lost a lot of production out of their wide receiver uh, uh, last year, you know, we we know about Pops Jameson. We've seen Jace Jones and mm-hmm. the speed he brings to this team. Uh, we know about Weston Bergman, who's kind of uh, stepped in a little bit, and also the returning Peyton Butler, the the the, the senior leader in that receiving core. So Savasier's got some pieces of work with, and they they showed it on Friday night. And I, I, another guy to mention, you know, you talked about Wyatt Lucas, not to be confused with Wyatt Tosh. Yeah, the, the tight, tight end, end yeah. H-back guy right there. He's gotten a good bulk of rece- receptions, which is kind of feeding into that new offensive production because in the past few years they had Toby Thompson as a tight end or an H-back, but they didn't really throw to him. He was more of a blocking sure, tight end and, yeah. and just kind of adding some weight to that offensive line wherever they needed it. But to me, he's he's really a one-two punch. He does both very well. Um, so it's good to see that they're they have a whole stable because you can't eliminate one guy. You know, Jamison doesn't have necessarily the size that you're looking for. Neither does Jace Jones, but they're so flat out fast mm-hmm. that they're going to get past you in some cases. And Tanner Savasier has proven that he is able to take the head off some of these defenses, and he has a great arm, and he's able to get out and do things in the pocket that, you know, a lot of times we don't even give him credit for because – you know, unfairly to him, we're comparing him with Austin Guest and Xavier Mahoney. You talked about the sophomores in the Woodstock segment that, that, you know, five of the six quarterbacks that we're talking about are sophomores right now. Right. So when you consider all that, I mean, I, I think that this Cherokee team is, is in great position. I know the one and two record, people were upset about the loss to Etowah. I, I know that the loss to Cartersville is really tough as well. But when you see where they're sitting right now, 
that loss to Cartersville looks pretty good, and and that loss to Etowah continues to get better and better each week that Etowah wins. Um, and this this win against Woodstock's what they needed. Woodstock's a bitter rival against Cherokee. It's a team that that they really get up to play. So hopefully there's not too much of a hangover because they have another team coming in in Sequoia that is a, another bitter county rival. And to talk about that, we're going to bring in Coach Shaw here on the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Give us just a quick second, and we'll get him on the line, and we'll ask him about that game coming up next. At Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, we don't have locations across the country. Our stores are right here in Georgia. Our customers aren't numbers, they're neighbors. Your kids probably go to school with our kids. And chances are, your furniture is our furniture. So the next time you're thinking new living room, dining room, bedroom, or new mattress, think Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, Georgia's furniture and mattress superstore. For nearly 30 years, locally owned, Georgia grown. Thank you for joining us once again on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And calling in now is the head coach of the Cherokee Warriors, Coach Shaw. Coach, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking to you here. Uh, wanted to talk about your last game against Woodstock. You guys got on the winning side of the season so far at 1-2 and two now. Uh, what was the locker room like after getting that first victory, especially against a team like Woodstock that is an inter-county rival and, and one that, that I know Cherokee historically really likes to play and, and gets after it? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's uh, definitely it was a lot more joyous than it was the week before, so... Um, but no, it, it was good. I mean, our, our, we just talked to our kids every week about just improving a little bit more each week. And we felt like we've done that in the first three weeks of the season to this point. So our youngsters continue to grow up and, uh, continue to make plays. And so it, it was great for our entire program to get a, get a win in front of a great Tommy Baker atmosphere as well. Coach, I'm going to throw out a name here for you because we 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 do know about the, the guys like Kai and Simmons and and JD Byrne and Javon and and Tanner and Pops. You had a, a young man catch two touchdown passes. That if you told me two years ago that Wyatt Lucas would have figured out in your game plan, I would have, I would have said no way. And and he's a young man I had a chance to to um, coach in summer basketball. It's a, a fun guy. But tell us what that was like to see a, a, a guy like Wyatt have some success on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he practices his rear off every every single day, and he's a high energy kid. Um, but he's one that's that's really neat just to see the the maturation and and how much he's grown up grown up over the last couple of years. You know, up until uh, this spring, he's been a defensive player, and and uh, but he he got hooked up with a seven on seven team during the spring and was playing wide receiver and came out in the spring and. Uh, I was really shocked at, at, at how how well he had adjusted to the position change and uh, just continued throughout the summer. And uh, he's our fourth receiver right now, so anytime we pull the tight end off, he goes in, and uh, we were able to get him free for a couple of touchdowns. He, he rarely drops uh, balls, and he, I mean, like I said, he's just a high energy kid. He blocks really well and uh, runs great routes. So uh, I was I was just I was extremely excited the other night for him to get a you know, to get a couple of opportunities. Coach, I want to turn the attention now over to Sequoia as your matchup this week at Tommy Baker again. Uh, when you look at the Chiefs, they're a much different look than other teams that you would potentially play in the wing T offense and, and some things like that. What kind of challenges does Sequoia present to your team and, and what's some, some game planning that you can tell us that you're uh, planning to counteract them with? 
Well, it is extremely difficult because really they're running three offenses. Uh, they're they're in the gun, they're in the wing tee, and then they'll run a an I formation, uh, unbalanced I formation. So uh, it definitely gives us a bunch of different things to have to prepare for. And you know, kudos to them for being that diverse to where you know they make you have to practice all those things. But I discipline is going to be extremely important for us defensively this week uh, for our our secondary and for our um, for our linebackers with all the misdirection that they run. Uh, it's easy to fool you rather quickly. So we're going to have to have, you know, uh, outstanding eye, eye, um, you know, our, our eye discipline is going to have to be outstanding. And so um, we're really going to have to focus on that and then, and then be able to take care of our assignment when it happens. So they get you out of position really easily, and uh, then they can hit you with a big play when that happens. Coach, I'm going to wrap up here with, with the question. I want to go back to a group that, you probably had probably had a lot of question marks for you, but how is that offensive line coming along this season? Uh, only with one starter returning in in Jaron Tercero, uh, who who was playing center for you, was it? Yeah, I mean they're doing fantastic, uh, you know, and, and we've yet to play a game with five of the same guys up there, so uh, we've had a, a, a different player out with an injury each week that we've played to this point, counting the scrimmage game with Creekview, so. Uh, we've yet to be with the same five, uh, but but there's about seven of them, six or seven of them that we rotate through, and they're they're kind of multi. They can play multiple positions, so we get our big left tackle back. He'll go to center, uh, Pugachow, and and so um, you know, I mean, we get him back, and then we lose J. Ron so uh, for the week. So uh, you know, we've yet to play with, but but they continue to do well, and they're gelling and. You know, right now our tackles are the same, so just our interior guys are the guys that are kind of moving around. So, uh, but I'm extremely proud at, at where they're at, and in just the way that our offense has kind of picked up some, you know, some tempo and and uh, you know being able to uh, the execution offensively has been much improved over the last couple of weeks. Well, coach, that's all the questions we got for you. We appreciate you taking some time and being with us. All right, guys, thank you. I appreciate it. So that was the voice of head coach Josh Shaw. Coach, thank you for being with us. Uh, Art, good interview there. It's always good to talk to Coach Shaw. Um, he provides as in-depth of a conversation as you will get out of a coach, um, and we appreciate him being with us. Uh, anything in there he pointed out that you, that you thought was interesting? For me, I thought it was, um, you know, he, he kind of addressed the, the Sequoia wing T rumor, but he even pointed out they're playing a lot of shotgun and eye formation, so mm -hmm. a little bit of window dressing and eye candy and, and the formation stuff that we're gonna have to keep an eye out on Friday night. Yeah, we've seen a little bit on a little bit of a little bit of that on the film that that we watched uh, for Sequoia, and we saw it last year where you know they came out in the eye formation and and looked like they were gonna old school football. You know, we were talking about that before we came on tonight, and that's you know that's that's the football I grew up with. Will right. now I know I'm couple years older than you just okay. a little bit <laughs> um but but sequoia finding different ways to mix up those formations like you said the eye candy there one of the things that i think that we, we don't talk about assistant coaches a whole lot or we haven't talked about them in the past but but coach o'buck over there with the offensive line and coach shaw talked about that line how they had to plug and play with a lot of different pieces uh he, he talked about they're gonna have a new center this week and Michael Pugachow. Yeah, absolutely. Pugachow, uh, um, uh taking over for an injury there. We saw something like that last week in the game we were at. So it, it's a testament to see that group gel. And so that was, uh, you know, again, Coach Shaw always giving us the in-depth information. And, and again, like you said, it's going to be a challenge. He said, don't, don't, don't believe the hype in that 0-3 that record. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. And all it takes is to look at Sequoia's opponents and you and you get to that mark. So let's take a quick break and come out on the other end. We'll talk about that 0-3 record and their last game against Cedartown. Give us just a second. We'll be back. Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. All right, welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. We're getting ready to talk about the Sequoia Chiefs and their last game against the Cedartown Bulldogs, a 0-35 loss for Sequoia. You mean 35-0 loss? No, 0-35. <laughs> See, the away team goes first. Uh, <laughs> we're going to battle this all season. Yeah, we are. That's and I'll die. That's a hill I will die all on. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Will. I digress. <laughs> so when we talk about Sequoia coming into this game, you know, I, I still think they're in a similar situation. We talked about it with Woodstock and then Creekview. I think they're searching for answers, but I don't think the answers are as far out of reach as, as we think. Um, you look at their strength of schedule. It's the toughest strength of schedule in Cherokee County so far. Um, you know, you played a Lambert team in 7A that is explosive, that 14-41 to 41 loss. Or should I say 41-14 to 14 loss since Sequoia was at home? <laughs> uh, and then you talk about the Raven Gap game that was a seven-point loss in overtime. But Raven right. Gap, I think you and I disagree with Dave on this point. I think sure. Raven Gap's a quality football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, last week the 35-point the loss to Cedartown, for me, for Sequoia, they, they, they're, they're not in a bad spot. I think they just have to continue to grow, and I think we're seeing elements of that. They've battled some injuries. You know, they started four – I shouldn't say they started. They played four different quarterbacks. You know, you started out with Jackson Nesbitt. We don't know his status, but he was really doing a good job with the offense to start. And then they turned around and went to a couple of other guys, including Alex Conti, who started the game last week against Cedartown. And then they ended up with another guy in Colby Martin, a freshman – who ended up coming in and playing the quarterback position for them in the second half. So I, I think Sequoia is searching for answers, and unfortunately for them, if there's one position that you really can't afford to be searching for answers for, it is at quarterback. So hopefully they can find some answers to that and, and come out with somebody that they're comfortable with on, on Friday against Cherokee. Yeah, Nesbitt won that job coming out of uh, fall camp as a starter, and we saw his ability to, to command the offense early on. Uh, even in that game against Raven Gap where the Chiefs went up early, weren't able to to sustain that lead. And, it, it, again, Will, you talked about their strength of schedule. Their, their opposition's record coming into this game is 8-1, and one, all right? No team has played a tougher schedule than the Sequoia Chiefs. The only team with the loss was the Raven, Raven Gap team who lost to a Baylor team in Tennessee. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I think and, – and, and Will asked Coach Teeter, hey, what – how'd you schedule these guys? You know, you know, all, all, all of their first three games, you know, what, 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 what gives, how did you go out and get Cedartown, a state uh, finalist, I believe, or semi-finalist last year, uh, Raven Gap, a team that I know it's a small division they play in, but they were in the semifinals. And then a, a, a Lambert team coming off a playoff run, a seven, a school. So again, it's, it's a, a very challenging schedule for a team that, you know, lost their starting quarterback to transfer and now is looking for answers, uh, you know, with, like you said, is Nesbitt, Nesbitt out. You still have Jackson Hancock. He's a dynamic player. 
You still have Tyler Bell. He's a dynamic player. And so you still have a lot of pieces. And, I, and, and we'll ask Coach Teeter some of the other pieces because we don't get to see them throw the ball a whole lot. Um, you know, we saw Nesbitt a little bit early. But that's something I'm interested to, to, to talk about, the maturation of this Sequoia Chief team. This is a team a few years ago that kind of got down early in the season and then clawed their way back again. So not unfamiliar territory to coach to coach Teeter. And 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 really I think the goal again, you got one more test this week before yeah. you jump into region play and then then not that these games don't count, but then they really count. Yeah, and I, you know, I think the game that, that we'll talk about in just a minute, I mean, with Cherokee is, is really gonna be their measuring stick because they've really gone across the board and played every type of team. Lambert wide open, threw it over their head. And then you turn around and you play Raven Gap, who's more of a balanced team. And then you turn around and play Cedartown, who is a wing T mirror of what Sequoia has been in the past. Absolutely. And then, you know, to me, Cherokee, which is a spread team, but they're balanced. They're really balanced mm -hmm. in what they do right now. Mm -hmm. They're running the ball effectively. And they're not necessarily throwing the ball for huge chunks, but they're throwing it underneath and, and forcing play action pass and things sure. like that that are sustaining drives. So Sequoia, for me, is going to have faced every possible test that they will face. You know, when they get into the into these games against uh, Creekview, they're going to have faced a team like Cedartown that is physical. When they get into these games like Etowah, they're going to have faced quarterbacks that are able to run a little bit better. When they get into these games against Rome, they're going to have faced these more pro-style offenses before. So, for me, they've, they've, they've covered all the bases. Hopefully they can find a way to put it together as they move forward. And this game against uh, Cherokee is going to be a big test to that. And in order to figure out what their plan is, we're going to need to talk to the man himself. For the first time on the Cherokee County Football Blitz, that is Coach Teeter. Give us just a second. We've got him calling in right now, and we'll set up his interview and talk to him on the other end of this break. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I'm looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click Employment at the top of the page. Become a Deputy Sheriff in Cherokee County today. Thank you all for joining us on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And joining us now is the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs, Coach Teeter. Coach, thank you for taking some time and being with us. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely, Coach. I got Art here with me, but I'll ask the first question. Uh, you guys have started out the season against three incredibly quality opponents. What have you seen from your team and the growth over those three games that, that make you excited and optimistic about going into this game against Cherokee? I, I just like what our kids have done each week. Each week we've come back and we've worked harder the, the following week in practice. Um, yeah, the combined records of the people we've played are 8-1. and one. Um, they, They're pretty tough. Last week even with Cedartown was probably even harder. Um, but I'm really pleased with our kids and their work ethic and how hard they've come each week to, to keep, you know, keep their heads up, keep in it, and understand that we haven't even started region play yet, so we're still in, a, in good shape. Coach, you talked about that schedule a little bit, and that's one thing. I, I think it's the most difficult schedule in the county right now uh, uh, in terms of the team, teams you're playing and the caliber of talent on those teams. These guys aren't just uh, beating up on some – some uh, also rants, but how, is going into the season early, is that something you look at and say, hey, we're going to schedule this tough schedule to get ready for region play, or how did that all come about? And, you know, we rarely do we see a team like Cedartown play a Cherokee County team, but how, how does that schedule come together for you? Uh, well, we started it all back in the winter and early spring. Uh, quite honestly, I'm not going to lie, we actually tried to play some people around here because of what we run. Some people wouldn't play us. 
They didn't want to play wing T, so it made it a little bit harder to find people. But we also sat down in coaches and looked at it that if we were, we've always told the kids the same thing that if we wanted a chance to get in the playoffs and, and to have a chance to make a run at our region and advance in the playoffs, we're going to have to play some pretty tough teams. Uh, and so that's kind of why we set it up that way. Once we tried around here and people wouldn't bite on scheduling us, we just searched for the best people we could find. Coach, moving into this Friday, uh, I think everybody in the county probably knows the name Jackson Hancock at this point and Tyler Bell at running back. But who are some other kids that we may not know of yet as county fans that by the time this Friday rolls around and we get a chance to broadcast this game, we will know those names by the end of the game? Uh, I think everybody will know those two because those two have had pretty good outings the first three games. Um our wideouts, I think, are better than what people think because people see what we run. Uh, Cameron Massey and Alex Conti, I think, do a really good job. Ty Moores and Ian Mariah at tight end. Again, people don't see some of the things we do or throwing wides because of what we run offensively, so they don't think we have very good receivers. And then I think our offensive line is pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Anderson and Tayo Gundele at guards are probably two of the better offensive linemen in the area, but people, because it's not spread, they don't pay attention to them as much. And then defensively, I think Jackson, what most people see him as a running back, but as a defensive back, is just as good as any there is in the area. And then I think Britton Darling is the same. Britton plays safety for us, and I don't think a lot of people notice him too much because he's kind of not flashy and he's really just kind of go-to-work person and, and does what he's supposed to do and doesn't make a lot of noise. And so I think people don't really pay much attention to him. Coach, you're facing uh, the sec- – I guess it's the second oldest rivalry in Cherokee County as as you guys will go over to Tommy Baker to face the Warriors and Coach Josh Shaw. What what are you looking at from what, – what are you looking to see out of your team this week and what kind of uh, things do the Warriors present – challenges do the Warriors present for you this week uh, on Friday night? Uh, I think their their offense is pretty, uh, pretty good. I think they – throw the ball around really well. They've been running a little bit more than what they have in the past and, and they seem to run it really well. Defensively up front, they've got really good size. Their inside backers and outside backers kind of scare us a little bit because they do fly around to the ball. Um, what I look from from our kids is just continual growth and, and keep getting better. Um, I think if we go out and, like we talked about before we walked out to practice today, if we figure out a way that we can put all three phases in, and, and I think we're really a good team, but people just haven't seen that. You know, week one, we had some special teams issues. Week two, we kind of had everything together and just didn't finish it right there at the end. And then this past week, we faced a Cedartown team that was pretty good, and, and they're number one for a reason. Um, but if we learn to just keep growing and keep pushing, we're going to be okay in the region, I think. Well, Coach, that's all the questions that I've got, and uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. So, Coach, thank you for taking some time to be with us. All right, thank you so much for having me again. That was the voice of Coach Teeter here on the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Appreciate talking to him. First time we've got a chance to talk to him since the preseason show. Doesn't the preseason show feel like forever ago? Oh, how long ago was it? That was way back in uh, August, like five episodes ago. Is that? I think this is the fifth episode. So it's, five weeks? Yeah, six it's, weeks. but it, yeah, that's a whole month's worth of time. Yeah, a lot of things have changed. Just, just like that? Yeah. My goodness, where has the time gone? Well, let's jump into this preview here. So we got Sequoia and Cherokee. Uh, Sequoia will make the trip over to Tommy Baker Field. This is, of course, our WLJA game of the week. So if you would like to listen to that, WLJ 101.1 FM, you can also stream it on WLJRadio.com as well as any smart speaker or any other listening device that you may have. Uh, So 
we talked about it before the break. Sequoia comes in very battle tested, and Cherokee on the other end, I think they're battle tested as well. I think they've they've put a few more pieces together. For me, the key to this game is is Sequoia's offense. What can Sequoia do? You know, this is a team that has found a way. They they scored 14 opening week, then they turn around and scored 28, and then they were blanked last week against a really good Cedar Town team. They they're just gonna have to find answers. You know, we talked about before the break but they've rotated through four different quarterbacks you know we don't know who's who's going to be the quarterback come first snap and i don't know that sequoia may not know right now at this sure. point it may depend on injury status and things like that so with all that being said sequoia huge question mark for me makes it really hard to predict this game oh uh i didn't mention this sequoia in my power ranking is number three mathematically speaking their strength of schedule really helped them out so just throwing that out there uh um, radio silence over here right now yeah i know do I need to? Because What's I don't yours? think. Yeah, I've, I've got Sequoia at five. Okay. So right now I've got Woodstock six, mm-hmm. Sequoia five, mm-hmm. Creekview four, mm-hmm. and obviously we didn't talk about Cherokee. I don't think. I guess not. So I have them at three. Okay. Etowah two. Yeah. River Ridge at one. Okay. Yeah, mine's Etowah one, River Ridge two, uh, Sequoia three, Cherokee four, Creekview five, Woodstock six. That is one hundred percent mathematically based. Thank you very much. All right. There's the math the math says. Drop all comments below. Okay. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. I'm sure we'll get a lot of fan mail this week. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh, so for me, Cherokee has grown week over week. You know, when they, they scored zero points in week one, and then in regulation they scored 17, and then last week they scored 34. So they're doubling their points each time they step on the field. So will they score 68 this week? Probably not. But... I, I think the, the offensive production can continue in the right direction. And also their defense has continued to, to step up. 35 in week one to Cartersville, 17 in regulation to Etowah, and then six last week to Woodstock. Can they continue that streak of, of improvement? If they do, I, I like Cherokee where they're set up. I, I think this is going to be a very fun game. I think we have two of the more talented defensive groupings. Uh, you know, Brent Buddy being the defensive coordinator at Sequoia, he's uber familiar with Cherokee being the head coach at Woodstock for all those years. Um, So I know he knows exactly what the Warriors are are planning and what what they want to do, and he knows Coach Shaw very well, of course. Um, And these are two programs that have gone back and forth a lot over the years. This is the second oldest rivalry in the county. So all that being said, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Kind of a toss-up for me, but I I think there are elements from both teams that can really play into the effect of this game that will make it fun to watch on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. You talked about defenses. Don't forget about Davis Harvey over there at Cherokee, mm-hmm. defensive coordinator, who's got it going. And we talked. We already talked about their linebackers. Uh, Coach Shaw mentioned the the eye discipline of those of those backers and that, and that defense, that front seven of Cherokee, and how important that's going to be to containing that wing tee. It was interesting. Coach Coach Teeter said, "Hey, not a lot of teams around here want to play us because we run this offense. They don't want to see it. Not a lot. You know, in in seven A." Um, 6A, you don't see a lot of teams still running this, and, and they're going to line up and try to punch you in the mouth. And, and, and hey, that's, that's what they do. That's their bread and butter and has been successful for them. Now, again, you mentioned quarterback, question mark right now for, for Sequoia, and that's going to play a big role, I think, in what happens. Sure. You know, Nesbitt, in the games we saw him, he looked really good. If he's able to go on Friday night, I think that really changes the, that, that dynamic uh, for – for Sequoia, but it, but even if he's not able to play, it's got to be next man up. It, it, that's that's the mentality. And then for Cherokee, Savasir is looking more and more improved each week. He's comfortable getting out of the pocket and making plays on the run. He's just cool, calm, collective character, and and 
you know, maybe that's the difference that that being settled at quarterback. And I'm not saying that Sequoia is unsettled. I'm just saying we don't know who's who's starting because of of you know perhaps injury. So right. so that that'll be something to watch. Uh, also, uh, Coach Coach Teeter mentioned his safeties guys like uh, Brett and Darling and, and and Jackson Hancock, who we talked about on the offensive side on the on the defensive side and, the, and their receivers guys like, like like ty moores who doesn't get a whole lot of press because they don't throw the ball a lot but I, I think coach teeter is really high on those guys so maybe a wrinkle that we'll yeah. see on friday night yeah and you know I, I still think the element is the same where you're you're getting ready for region play that is the ultimate goal sure is this zero and three record it's not that it doesn't matter but in the grand scheme of if you're able to put together a few wins at the end of the season, it really doesn't. Absolutely. So for me, I, I, I know it's another intercounty game. It's another intercounty rivalry. These teams want to beat each other. They're, they're super familiar with each other. But where it stands right now, I just think that Sequoia has to continue to improve. And once again, a loss for Sequoia doesn't mean, you know, sell the boat. Sure. Same thing with Cherokee. If Cherokee loses this game, it doesn't mean sell the boat. It, it's, it's such an interesting matchup. And I think the wrinkles that Sequoia already has with the with the shotgun formations and the eye formations that they already use, in addition to the wing tee, it's going to be a difficult situation. It's going to it's going to be something that's going to challenge Cherokee mentally on the defensive side. And then uh, you know, for, but for me, the difference really comes down to we talked about Wyatt Lucas being their fourth wide receiver option. We talked about Wyatt Tosh at tight end. Does Sequoia have the defensive capability to keep up with those guys? And I think in some cases, sure. I think I think Sequoia is incredibly deep defensively. But how long can, can their offense help them out? Can Sequoia sustain an eight-minute drive like Sequoia normally does to give their defense time to recuperate? And if they do give up a couple of points early or a couple of scores early, are they going to be able to come back and go back to the drawing board and, and you know let that Sequoia offense eat up clock and eat up the drive and say, this is what we need to do and, and, and fix things on the run? I don't know. I think that's part of the element, too. And one other thing I want to point out. Friday night, according to the National Weather Service, as of right now, is an 80% chance of rain with some thunderstorms in the area. Fun. If that happens, that certainly benefits Sequoia because that wing tee is is very handoff heavy. It's it's really shove it in your gut and take off with it. So there's not a ton of options to fumble unless unless the play is wrong or something like that. And I think that benefits a more run heavy team, which Sequoia definitely is. So it's not that Cherokee can't function in the rain. It's just that based on even last week when we were at Creekview, you know, we saw Creekview kind of move away from the passing game. Maybe not entirely due to the rain, but it certainly didn't help. So, it, you know, weather always plays a factor in things like this. So don't want to get too, you know, minutiae in the details sitting here on Tuesday. But I do like where uh, where Sequoia is at, and I also like where, where Cherokee's at coming into this one. So I really don't know. I'm, I could be convinced either way. Well, like you said, Will, weather will play a – as we sit right now, it looks like weather will have an yeah. impact on this game we hope that lightning stays away even if yes. it does have to rain uh we can we can deal with with the rain the lightning and the, the delays you know really put a monkey wrench into things and i don't think anybody in the county wants to be over at tommy baker field till 12 or 1 o'clock trying to finish nah. finish a football game i'm looking forward to it second oldest rivalry in the county last year we were treated to a fantastic football game over at skip pope well that's a great segment to our trivia question Art, okay. excellent point you brought that up. All right. Last year, Cherokee won this matchup by one point. The closest a game in this rivalry has ever been. What is the largest margin of victory? Man, I thought you were going to go a completely different way, and I don't want to say which way because you might come back to this trivia question at okay. some point. So the largest margin of victory, um, 
if you're completely lost, I'll be no, happy. no. So early, early on, I want to say Cherokee won like the first three or four games in the series, and then Sequoia went on a run. Wow, I want to say forty-two points. It's close. In 1993, Sequoia beat Cherokee 45 to nothing. And so you bring that up. There have only been three shutouts in this rivalry game. Okay. All right. Cherokee has been shut out by Creek. Uh, by, <laughs> oh, my gosh. By Sequoia twice. And then, and then Cherokee returned the favor. Last one, I believe, was a 2014. It was a 14-0 win by Sequoia over Cherokee. But uh, so 45 to nothing. I, I picked 42. So close but no cigar for close me. no cigar. So that puts you at uh, three, three and five. Three and two. Three and three and two. All right. So three, three for five. five so yeah. six hundred. Yeah, that's pretty good. On the season, you're now <laughs> let's let's do the quick math there. You're four of eleven. Uh, that's not very good. I mean, baseball wise, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's three twenty five batting. Yeah, I, I'm going. I'm I'm getting close to being a hall. I'm an all star, not a hall for hall sure. of famer. Yeah, you got to continue that throughout <laughs> the season to continue that. Uh, well over the Mendoza line for yes, now. Yes, for sure. You don't have to be good defensively at all. At this point. <laughs> Anyone who's not a baseball fan has no clue what we're talking about. No, at this none point, at all. Well, yeah. speaking of baseball, how about the uh, Mets crumbling? Yeah, of course. You can always listen to the Atlanta Braves as they're a member of the Braves Radio Network. Where can you listen to those Braves, Will? As uh, they as they chase another pennant. Yes, it's on one hundred one point one FM WLJ. Unfortunately, we are not able to stream the games on WLJ Radio. We're not the flagship that's on six eighty. So if if you're ever out of market, you'll have to listen to it on 680. Uh, we are also the UGA football flag, or not a flagship, but the UGA football network. And you can stream that game on WLJRadio.com as long as you are within 75 miles of the zip code 30143. That's Jasper zip code. So I know that's kind of a weird well, caveat. Well, well, you need to run that back. You need to say the national champ, the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Or do you have a problem saying I'm that? I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to say it. I'm not even a Bulldog fan. I, I can say it. I'm good. Okay, you have an aversion to George, I see. Just a little one. <laughs> As, for anybody who doesn't know, I have a, a full-length panoramic photo of the 2017 National Championship game where Alabama defeated Georgia 26-23 to above the desk that we are currently recording at. So that might have something to do with your... Possibly. Okay. Yeah. But you're contractually obligated to talk about the Bulldogs. Uh, isn't it funny? <laughs> isn't life funny? I am, but you know, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, congratulations Georgia last year. I know this is old news, but the win against Oregon, very impressive for yes, them. Yes, it was. Uh, you yes, know, it was. Uh, just total domination for them. They'll play Samford this week, S-A-M-F-O-R-D. Yeah, the Bulldogs week. from uh, Birmingham. Mm -hmm. In Athens, so that'll be a good one. Um, so we'll see. You know, the season's long, and uh, I know it's, there's a lot of good football on tap. I know next week, you know, as we mentioned, Alabama, they, they will play Texas at noon in a big noon kickoff game. That's going to be a dandy. Um, you know, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game was great. Uh, even Georgia Tech played with uh, Clemson for a while there they did. last they night. Did. Eventually, Clemson pulled away. Um, you know, Brody Rhodes was the signal guy. It yep. was fun seeing him on the yep. sideline doing all the hand motions. Legends of the view. Yeah, yeah. John Williams was, uh, he didn't see any action, I don't believe, at least from what I noticed. But, you know, he's on Clemson. He's in, he's in there still. Um, so that's good to see. Just a lot of... A lot of fun things going on around the area. Absolutely, Will. We are firmly in the midst of football season. NFL kicking off yep. this week. Um, it, it, it's a wonderful time of year. We've got the pennant race, so it's always great when the Braves are are sitting there. The defending 
World Series. Series champion Atlanta Braves. I don't think we ever. Well, I don't think we've run that enough. Like we. No, I don't think so. We we got to give that a little bit more run while we can. Yeah. Like, I, 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 in my day job, one of my colleagues is a St. Louis Cardinals fans, and I fans, and I have to give him a hard time about. Um, it's kind of like say our name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> With respect. Put some, put spec- some respect on it. Yeah, put yeah. some respect on it. So. For sure. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the podcast. Thank you all so much for being with us. Again, we will be at Tommy Baker on Friday night at 7 o'clock with the Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show where we will predict all the games that we just went over, followed by kickoff at 7.30. It will be me, Arthur Mosley, and Ronnie on the spot back with us for the first time in two weeks. It'll be good to have him. So looking forward to seeing everybody over there. So thank you all for being with us. And remember... We're one day closer to Jesus. This was the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Make sure to join Will and Art next week for the next episode and each Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Cherokee County Game of the Week on WLJA 101.1 FM.